1: Now it's duck hunting season. That, sir, is an in fabrication. It's wabbit season. Duck season. Wabbit season. Duck season. Wabbit season. Duck season. Wabbit season. Wabbit season. Duck season. Wabbit season. season. I say it's duck season and I say fire. You change
2: So we are back. Well, uh, we've been back for, for a little bit. What we've recorded two podcasts in twenty twenty one so far, two or three. Uh, but we finally have back from back from uh, the abyss. Jason Daniel joining us. We're doing a purely virtual one, so we'll see how the audio quality turns out on this one. But I think I think it should be fine. Well, but so so, so Jason, here's what you missed from the soundboard uh, from the horror show. Uh, a little bit of uh, of Tucker and Dale. I'm
3: blaming this whole thing on you. Why?
2: Why? Why? Oops, I forgot to. I have the. Uh, Why? There we go. And uh, I left a little candy man on there for you, Ashley. I came for you. But what I just added. <laughs> uh, here, here Here's what I just added to the soundboard. So a little bit of Remember the Titans. Does the term
0: cruel and unusual punishment oh, mean anything to you?
2: A little bit of psych. Come Good on, boy, son.
1: I can't believe you've done there this. You go.
2: And then this one, which I think I will be using a lot. Pure garbage.
4: <laughs> so we still talk about the sequel trilogy in every episode, then
3: uh, No, uh,
2: it's making ah. a comeback. Don't call it a comeback. Uh, sorry, <laughs> do you say sequel trilogy? You are
3: garbage. Now that James is back, he just, he's just—he's gonna
2: incite. He's gonna instigate. It. Uh,
1: Did someone Jason... say sequel trilogy? the term
3: "cruel and unusual punishment" mean
1: anything to you? I can't believe you have done this. <laughs> uh, you, you need, like, to put me on that soundboard Be all like, no, no.
2: Wait, but, but I already have you on here
1: no. Listen, bro, I know I'm, like, at the bottom of the altos But I am nowhere near James Old Jones
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: right, Wait, but
2: here's the thing I can fix that Ready for this?
1: No.
0: Oh, wait, what, you okay, go that's, just
1: weird. that's just weird. <laughs> <laughs> that's still not, like okay. Now that is definitely higher. Than me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, uh, so Jason, that's what you've
4: been missing. <laughs> yeah. Keeping it professional as always. I like
2: it. Uh, so I keep forgetting to introduce us. Uh, or we, actually keeps reminding me, but I keep forgetting, we need to introduce ourselves. Because not everyone yeah. may know. I mean, if you're starting with this one, why? Sorry, if you're starting with this one... <laughs> why? Come good on boy, son. son! But, uh... <laughs> the power, you know, absolute power corrupts absolutely, and having a soundboard corrupts absolutely. So, I am Nathaniel, Sacred Jedi Texts, Levinson. I used to have that on the soundboard, I took it off. And with uh, me...
3: I am Greg, Life of Friends.
4: And? I am Jason Daniel. I can't think of anything clever to say right now, but I'm sure something will come to me later.
3: <laughs> and? I am,
1: I am Ashley. I know what I must do, Thomas.
2: <laughs> All right, today is it's kind of a, a a little bit of a funkier episode. One that we were one that was a little bit harder to, to think of things, maybe at least for me in terms of movies. Um, but we're thinking about movies or shows that you changed your opinion on in a drastic way. So, like, a movie that you watch the first time and you're like, hey, that was a good movie. But then the second and subsequent watchings, you're like, that's not a good movie. Or vice versa, where you watch it the first time and you're like, I didn't like that at all. But then after subsequent viewings, which I think that's the trickier one, because typically after you watch it once and you're like, that movie was terrible, you won't go back and rewatch it. But, you know, on subsequent viewings, you're like, okay, you know what? I get it. I, I like this movie now. Um, for TV shows, I think it's like, oh, the first season was terrible but you went back to it and got to the second season, like, okay, it actually gets really good if you ignore the first season. So we already talked about shows that went off the rails, but I think ones where you're like, it starts off bad, and then I went back and realized it's actually really good, um, is rarer than ones where it starts good, because most shows aren't a downhill path. Yeah, so so thinking about this one, the one that sticks out to me the most is The Last Jedi, where I, I legitimately sat down, watched it in theaters, and really enjoyed it, but then the more I thought about it, and going back and re-watching it, I just didn't like it. Unlike, so Force Awakens, I kind of medium enjoyed and still is kind of a medium enjoyment movie for me. I I think the whole sequel trilogy just looks bad once it's put together. It makes the whole sequel trilogy worse. But Rise of Skywalker,
3: I I watched
2: and I was like, that wasn't very good. I wasn't like, I hated that movie, but I was like, that was not a very good movie. And I probably won't go back to rewatch it. Last Jedi, I was very favorable towards initially and then... Later, now it, now it is. I, I loathe it now. Um.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: I had a similar experience with the Rise of Skywalker, where I enjoyed it in the moment. I got caught up in the emotional beats of it. I like there were several times where I audibly gasped uh. in the theater, and I like I even like got a little choked up. Shed mm-hmm. a few tears, and then I went home and thought about it. And I was like.
2: that's that was that was my last jedi experience when i I was sitting in uh, for rise me for rise of skywalker the moment i knew i was like this was not a good movie was Uh when they when when they fake killed chewbacca spoiler alert they were, uh-huh. I was like, oh, damn, did they just really kill Chewbacca? That's a serious story moment. This might actually be like a, a an impactful movie. And then, like, 30 seconds later, Grr! okay. And as soon as I saw Chewbacca again, I was like, okay, this movie has zero stakes. There are zero stakes in this movie.
1: Yeah. Nothing
2: matters. Like, literally nothing matters. I, like,
1: yeah, nothing no, matters. I, I was kind of surprised about that. And, like, I, I mean, I don't know what the lifespan of Wookiees are. I feel like they're probably longer than human lifespans, but I don't know. I think that's established, I, I just, like, but... Yeah, I mean, like, no, nah, they, they ain't gonna ice Chewbacca. Especially not when they got a younger actor playing Chewbacca. Who, you know, like, you already got this this really tall dude on hook for a while. Like, you can have all the Chewbacca you want.
2: Yeah, this, and I, I, I get the idea of, like, oh, you don't want to get rid of your, your uh, marketable characters. But at the same time, they introduce a new droid every single movie and shift the spotlight <laughs> onto them.
1: Like, I ain't mad about that. I like the droids. They I, all. Th-
2: my point is, you can sacrifice one marketable character to introduce another marketable character. Like it literally ah, all the characters, <laughs> Han Solo, the play, Luke
1: Well, I mean, and, but they, the thing is,
2: as 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 mediocre as the Force Awakens was, they killed Han Solo.
1: Well, I mean, that has more to do with, like, Harrison Ford agreeing to come back and be Han Solo was just a shocking thing in general, just because, right. like, he notoriously does not like to talk about being Han Solo. And I think, like, kind of the deal he worked out is, like, well, if you want me to be Han Solo, I get to be uh, Indiana Jones again.
2: Yeah. Oh wait, so and he's to like, blame for that garbage movie. Okay. Yeah.
1: So 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 they wrote him a big fat check and then he you know, he got to go out. He had, I feel like he had like a really like a pretty honorable spoiler alert death sequence and and it made like since st- within the story like I felt like that was like a, a good way out for him, but like the fact that they even got him to come back at all was shocking to me in the first mm-hmm. place just cuz he and- notoriously doesn't not like talking about being Han Solo, because he's well, done all these other things, things that are way back. better. So, having
4: him come back is not a forest, forest Ghost.
1: Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> that, that, right. Yeah. Like, yeah. You, that made no sense. But nothing not in no. that
4: movie made sense.
1: No, no, and 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 so simra- Similarly, Nathaniel, I I enjoyed the Rise of Skywalker in the moment, and then like I went home and thought about it, and I got really mad. Because it effectively erased a lot of the Last Jedi, which is my favorite Star Wars movie. I know that is an unpopular opinion among this crowd, but I don't care. Um, <laughs> like you know, pure garbage. I was like, Whoa. Whoa. Well, I'm like, I'm sorry. Like if you uh, like like effectively what you did was you just shot yourself in the foot because you you didn't like do anything with the pre-existing story. Yes, I understand like if you don't like stuff that happened in the pre-existing story, let's let's take that and move it into a different place. Like it's stupid just to like, oh, we're just going to effectively nullify this, this entire movie with everything in this movie with fandor- fanboy pandering. No. No, that's stupid. So so There's
2: I'm so actually, it, actually as much as I hated the last Jedi, I actually didn't like the fact that that they tried to U-turn all of it because it meant we didn't go anywhere. I was like, look, yep. you got to exactly. You have you exactly. have what you have. Work with that.
1: Yes, thank you. I agree. Whoa! Wait, still, we I Last on Jedi the was still <laughs> Last Jedi was
2: still terrible and all the almost all the decisions that Ryan made were terrible. Oh, but
1: no, that but is the is choice not
2: to but the choice to return them <laughs> It didn't make sense. Well, like you could have. There's a lot you could have done. I'll finish up the trilogy here because mine was uh, <laughs> was the Force Awakens. Hooray! Wow. <laughs> 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 I mean, we did all, it, on the Star Wars, route. <laughs> um, so baby. For me, so for me, the Force Awakens was a pretty iconic. Even now that I. I'm not a fan of the movie The Force Awakens. I think it's pretty bad. I think it's really bad. It's my first initial viewing experience of the movie is one of my favorite viewing experiences ever of a movie. It was a, an amazing moment. It's obviously this huge lull. I mean Star Wars was thought to be completely over and then Lucas sells it to Disney. I'm a huge Star Wars fan and so I'm, like, going kind of crazy. My cousin lives in L.A., and we're looking up what's the best place on the on Earth to watch opening night of Star Wars. Rumens And it says TLC Chinese Theater in L.A., in Hollywood. And so we're like, all right, we got to do it. And so we're just sitting there refreshing the page the second the tickets come out, and... Just as soon as they come out, the whole site crashes. We just keep refreshing, keep refreshing, keep refreshing. By the time it's kind of the in, same thing that happened with the when the prequels came out, and it was so hard to get tickets that opening yeah. day. And by, by the time we got in online, like sixty percent of the tickets have been taken for the opening night showing, and th- we were literally just sitting there, seconds, you know, like. And so we get in there and we grab three tickets. It was me, him, and a friend. When we go, we dress up like Jedi's. It's amazing. Anyways, so. On top of it being an amazing experience, I, I actually thought the movie introduced a lot of interesting characters. Um, I overlooked quite a few things and was obviously—I mean, it was caught up a bit in the moment—but was very much just. I left all three of us said the same thing in our long discussion afterwards. What we were like, all right, it has the potential to be really good, but it's—it's it's all dependent on like the the way that this whole you know series goes. Uh, if the next one's really bad and doesn't explain everything, then it's going to leave this one in shambles. Looking back, I think it was still just a bad movie outright. But obviously I wasn't a fan of how the series went after that. And let's just say I didn't initially like the next two movies and somehow have liked them less. <laughs> so the first one was the only one that kind of started off good and then ended bad for me. So I'll just I'll cap off the, the trilogy there as we, so we all can pick one of the Star Wars. That, you know.
1: hey, Jason, do you uh, did you have a similar experience with any of these uh, sequel trilogy uh, Star Wars films?
4: Uh, kind of a similar experience on The Force Awakens of just kind of being lukewarm, let's wait and see. And then a very similar experience to Nathaniel on uh, the last jedi where i went in and i was like oh i really enjoyed that and then i actually talked to you and ryan and you were pointing out all the stuff you liked about it i was like yeah that's pretty cool and then I, the more i thought about it the more i was just like no no that movie wasn't for me that didn't work <laughs> see
3: so, so, it's not so,
2: hey. we didn't turn him to the dark side <laughs> it wasn't our fault our hands no. are clean
1: <laughs> so oh, so 34. so so, Jason. Jason, what's what's the uh internal temperature of a ton? ton? No idea. Lukewarm.
4: Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> uh, I've never, uh, <laughs> never heard that joke.
2: Jay Jonah Jameson liked it.
1: I'm sorry you you said you were lukewarm on a Star Wars movie. I was like, dude, I can't believe you didn't make that joke.
4: Why? <laughs> I had not heard I, that. I don't joke. think I've ever heard that one. It. That's uh wow.
1: Well, so this this just is telling because I, you know, my day job is I work in social media. That's my bread and butter. So I see a lot of memes.
2: <laughs> Oof, that that one hurt me physically. But so, and here's the thing: like, I, I think I think a lot of people who were complaining about the Last Jedi got flack, and and Rise of Skywalker too. Like, people complaining about the sequel trilogy got flack for being like, oh, you're just fanboy, fan girl, or whatever, right? And it's like either they're not pandering enough or they're pandering too much or this and that and the other, like you'll never be satisfied and, and I'm like, that's that's bullshit. Because as much as I hate the sequel trilogy, I still love Star Wars. And I yeah. love the place it's going, and I'm excited to see them make new things. Right? I don't want the franchise to die. I think it's it's a big enough universe that there's plenty to do in there. And I'm I'm glad the and, sequel trilogy's over, they can finally like throw off the fetters of, of all this old stuff, which Mando dipped into a little bit in second season, but it seems like has thrown that off again. Or third season, where all the all the crossover characters more or less are getting their own series. Which I'm I'm happy to see Rosario Dawson in a series. I want to see that, uh-huh. um, but I also want to yeah. see Mando go be Mando again. So yes, so please. you know, being a fan is about enjoying you know enjoying the stuff you know and not you can you can not like something in a in a series or a universe or a, a setting or whatever and still be a fan of the series and still be excited when new stuff comes out. So.
1: Well and, and I would I would say too, even though like the four of us have differing opinions on various aspects of the sequel trilogy, I I mean, I would definitely say that none of us like like it's not that we aren't thinking critically about any of this. Like, I, I think like, even though I don't agree with you three about the last Jedi, I I, w- I definitely wouldn't say that you all would think critically are, are not thinking critically about it. I, I think that there's different things driving our, our interpretation. Yeah. And that's completely valid uh-huh. yeah. a- as a, as a literature person. Like one of the things I love about literature and i like, I, and I think now like literature has evolved <laughs> to include film as well. Like the way that you interpret a text, like, there's not necessarily a 100% wrong way to interpret a text. Um, Because, you know, everybody is bringing their own experiences and... uh, What's, what's the right, like beliefs and we're all, we're all operating within our old own worldview. And that is shaping how we interact with a piece of, uh, of literature or a text, you know, and, and, and when I say text, I mean a story, a film, a TV show, a book, a short story, uh, whatever. And I would even say like the story of a video game, like you could take it as far as that because I think video games have some of the most interesting and best writing available nowadays um
2: and now we have to do an episode on best video game stories
1: yeah, now and, and yeah, I'm I'm a predominantly retro gamer, so I'm going to like I'm going to do some deep cuts with like these Atari records like about Asteroids and Centipede and things like that. And y'all can handle it, all anything new. Well, I have that.
2: some I have some deep cut stuff about Centipede <laughs> and Asteroids that I think you'll really enjoy if you're not <laughs> okay. already aware of them. Um, <laughs> like centipede and Asteroids But, but are any anyway. really the tops of stories for video games. <laughs> did you know that pac-man sorry miss pac-man was the first video game with cutscenes?
1: i think i did know that and i forgot that information until you said it out loud but i listened to a lot of podcasts on these subjects so yeah um that's that's cool yeah um but anyway like all of that to say like even though we all have differing opinions on various degrees of star wars like i it's it's not to say that i hesitate to even say that one of us is more right than the other because i mean it's an opinion you know I mean, as 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 often as I joke, oh well, that opinion is incorrect because it's not mine. <laughs> like, you know, it, it's 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 funny to me that we can all like, oh, I had this experience where I enjoyed it in the moment, and then I hated it. The more I thought about it, I think that that's that's really that's really fascinating to me that we all had that yeah similar and, experience, but within different contexts. That's
2: pretty funny. And uh, if you want to get a a, a deeper dive onto uh, our opinions. Uh, at least Ashley, Greg and my opinions on the last Jedi uh, episode 9 we actually had a debate where we actually had a debate we've <laughs> talked about this so we don't need to rehash it so just say, Jason came back and we instantly just jumped back to Star Wars yeah <laughs> we and to get this guy in well, let's change this up it, let's the subject it was the Pick a new movie
4: it is the topic so yeah, i can't believe you've yeah, done good. this <laughs>
1: I mean, like, I, I feel like maybe the last couple of episodes we have sho- talked shockingly little about Star Wars.
2: Well, I mean, I didn't know how to link it to rom coms. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. I love you. I know. There you all, go. All, Nailed it.
1: Uh, well, yeah. First try. I was going to say, all other potential for, for rom com ness was in episode two, and all of that was horrific. So.
2: Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you mean? That's all <laughs> <what> i <I'm... laughs> <laughs> Oh, dear. sand
1: is hot and coarse and it gets everywhere
2: i hate sand it's coarse and pretty and gets everywhere oh man oh, okay we're gonna move on from star wars um but yeah so and so as i was thinking about this topic i think a lot of the ones that that i was like i enjoyed in theaters then later i was like i never need to go watch that movie again a lot of action movies so any transformers past the first one because i think the first one's still still pretty good I I, I, think I, good. I will
1: un unironically um, enjoy the first movie. Yeah, yeah, I
2: think the first one was good. Uh the second one I watched once and I was like, "Hey, that was fun. And then later I was like, Did I lose brain cells? I think I did lose brain cells. Yeah, second one. Um <laughs>
1: The, I didn't think the third one was too bad but I I mean that may also be my love of Leonard Nimoy lending it a slight bit of credence the 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 second movie like I reviewed that one on my blog after I saw it in there because I've been blogging that long uh, after I saw it in the theater and I was like this is a two and a half hour long bathroom joke do not watch this movie
2: it's terrible <laughs> movie uh, it's yeah so
1: bad.
2: But I also think uh, other ones – so, like, uh, I saw um, Underworld. So the Underworld series is, Mm, like, Underworld, Underworld Evolution. I think both of those movies are actually pretty decent. Even if they got really weird with the lore, it's like werewolves and vampires, and this guy is half of both, and so he's, like, immune to – I don't know. The lore got weird, but they did, like, a prequel mm. one was – Which was uh, Rise of the Lichens. That was Mm. terrible. Yeah, but it's funny. Yeah, I I heard that was bad. It's funny you mentioned that because – I figured nobody had seen those and that those are two movies that I really liked those two movies as like werewolf vampire type movies mm-hmm. so I was like man I don't know a whole lot of movies that do them in a really gritty way that's not kind of overly hokey and corny Where that felt very much like Modern day and dark and yeah. you know like, werewolves and the vampires fight like gangsters when they're not werewolves vampires like with guns and stuff. Yeah, and then occasionally they'll just go full on like they'll kind of revert into like their uh, werewolf or or vampire mode and just duke it out. So it was really. But then I actually went back. Let me make sure. It, let me make like, sure I'm I'm thinking of the right one because there were like four of them. Yeah. It, well, after the first two, they made a whole bunch and they just got really played out and bad. But. I went back and watched the first one and was kind of underwhelmed. I was like, man, it had been a really long time and I told I was telling someone I'm like, "Oh, it's a great vampire um, werewolf movie." And I just thought it was kind of okay. That's actually going to be one that I mentioned where I was like, "Oh, I don't hate it by any means. I didn't think it was terrible, but I think it's just also, not as good as you remember." Well, and also his feedback of being like, "Yeah, that wasn't that great." And I was like, "Yeah, I think you're right. It really wasn't that amazing."
3: Mm-hmm. But
2: I still enjoyed it, you know. I just I think I hyped it up too much. Maybe it was kind of like Life of Pi. Life of Pi is the same way for me. Life of Pi, for whatever reason, when I first watched it, my mind was blown. And I was like, everybody, you need to watch this movie. And then, like, the second, the third time watching, it. Because I watched it once, and then I watched it immediately again with a friend. It was like, yeah. And then the next time I watched it, it was, like, a month later. I was like, wow. Like, what was it? That was, I mean, <laughs> it, yeah, it was okay. Like, it's not a terrible movie. But I was like, why was I going so crazy for this? Yeah, so the, the first two Underworlds, so so my roommates in college, we watched them, and I was like, oh, I really enjoyed those. I'm like, yeah, yeah, this is in 2009. The third one's coming out, so let's go watch it in theaters. I was like, yeah, sure, let's do it. Um, now, I will say, one thing that I always stuck out to me in Underworld was the hybrid per- person, when he transformed, looked so dumb. Like, the vampires and werewolves look pretty good. And then he's like yeah. this kind of scrawny-ass-looking yeah. Coyote guy and I'm like he, he what? who he just looks like a normal human with a dog face yeah I'm like who and he, and he was blue and I was like who thought this was a good idea this looks like absolute ass like if you're gonna make the he's more powerful than either one right he does not look yeah. like he's more powerful than either one. Like, come on, guys. He looks terrible. But anyways, so we went and saw the third one in theaters, and we actually saw it in 3D. And I remember there was only a single point in the entire movie where I noticed I was watching a 3D movie. And that was like <laughs> someone gets thrown out a window, and it like pans down to the alley. And I was like, huh, some of those pallets in the alley look like they're closer to me. And I'm like, I paid extra money for And after that, I've never gone to a 3D movie after that. Because I was like, that was such a waste of money. There was literally one point where I noticed it was a 3D movie. So 3D's gotten better. It has, I'm sure. <laughs>
1: I um, say I I have never seen any of those underworld movies. They have literally been on, on my watch list since high school. And I think never the first two watched,
2: are decent. I, the they're first not two great. Are the they're decent. Sure. Yeah, yeah.
1: I, I've got a buddy that really enjoys them. I, I did hear like kind of mixed reviews about uh, the Lycans one that you mentioned, Greg. Yeah. Um.
2: What after the first two? It 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 it's definitely like preference. <laughs> if you like it, you like yeah. it. I don't think apparently there's had, two more after that one. Yeah, I haven't watched either of those. After the Rise of Lichens, I was like, eh. eh. The-
1: and and just to just to clarify, are those based on like a video game or a book series or a I comic
2: think book? They were straight up no idea. Ideas. They because certainly seem know. like they know. were based play. on or that or vice versa. Let's let, let's see. Nope, it seems like it's a it, well, it was an original original screenplay.
1: Yeah. Okay. Okay, that that's <laughs> cool. Like, I mean, cuz those those kind of were pretty fab like a hey, sale. Yeah. What? Well, yeah. Yeah. But they all those right, that movie. those were those were like those came about about the time they sort of that, that was like right at the the threshold of re- it's the the era of the reboot and the adaptation and the you know all of that stuff. So um, that's interesting because those were like early two thousands, I believe.
2: Yeah. Like mm-hmm. Two. I want to say like two thousand one and two thousand four, maybe
1: yeah, so, so fun fact. I've had a Netflix DVD subscription since two thousand and eight, and I'm pretty sure mine ha- those movies have been on there for that long. I'm still like, I, so I'm pretty- so
2: do you not want me to read this this kind of spoilery plot summary? I-
1: Dude, I don't care. At this point, I mean, they've been on—they've literally been on my watch list for almost 20 years at this point. Uh, blah, 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 I'm, blah. Sh- I'm shocked that haven't been spoiled K- already. Kate so.
2: Beckinsale is, you know, it's a revenge plot. They're chasing some human named Michael Corbin for experimentation. Da-da-da-da. Along the way, Selene discovers not only a mutinous plot to destroy the vampire elders, but also a shocking revelation about her father figure, Elder Victor. The vampires and lichens are not supernatural creatures, but rather the product of a virus. It is revealed in the film that the first vampire and lichen... Uh, was a survivor of a plague. He had three sons. One got bitten by a bat and became the vampire line. One got bitten by a wolf and got the werewolf line. So what, you're telling me, what this movie is telling me is that we could have had like were-toads and vampire salamanders if they had gotten bitten by different animals. And I really think that's the direction they should have gone in. Because like, mm-hmm. you, you're going to take all the mystique... A salamander. You're going to take all the... You're going to take all the mystique out of vampires. and like, sorry. Vampire spiders. Spider people. Uh, you're gonna take all you're gonna take all the mystique out of werewolves and vampires by being like uh, just just some virus that it just happened you know these things happen life uh, finds a way they call it the vampiric germ yeah it's a virus it's funny I didn't really make that it was
1: coronavirus it's
2: the
4: original coronavirus
1: Corona. say Jason have you seen any of these movies because I have not
4: I've seen, I believe, the first two, but it's been a while, and I've only seen them once. I remember enjoying them. A friend, similar experience to one of you guys, a friend just was like, "You need to watch these." We sat down, we watched both two of them, and honestly, I don't remember a whole amount, a whole lot about them, but I do remember enjoying them, thinking they were pretty cool. All
2: right, yeah, I think that's the, that's they were pretty cool. They're very kitschy, but they, I mean, the action was well done. It was, yeah, it, it's some cool, compelling, and also at least in the first one, I'm trying to think of the second one. I believe a lot in the second one too, it's practical effects as far as like the werewolves are these big are these big animatronic costume slash puppet things. So like it's it, it kind of stands the test of time. It's they're not trying to do a ton of CGI um to where it ages poorly. You know, it looks very cool. There's like one specific scene that I always liked a lot where like the werewolves are in these like are in these like, like they're in like the sewer system in like whatever a, a big city. And so the main, main one's coming back, and two of them are just fighting in a big circle, and everybody else is cheering on. And as he like enters the room, they all stop, and like the two ones like turn, look at look at the main guy, Lucian. And they slowly, like as the camera's coming towards them, as the camera's kind of acting as Lucian, they, they, they like turning from wolf back to human. And you see it right in front of you, they're slowly like turn back, and it's really well done. I think it's one of the cool scenes. And by the end, once he gets there, they're left just like breathing heavily and they're all like you know sweaty and it's just like oh like it's a really cool transition but yeah i think there's it's, so it's a, it's a good one so some interesting stuff from the wikipedia uh the film was subject to copyright infringement lawsuit claiming the setting was too similar to the vampire the masquerade and werewolf the apocalypse games so they get sued Whoa. by the vampire the masquerade people the lawsuit ended in a confidential settlement so settlement so there's that. on Rotten Tomatoes, but a B-plus audience score on CinemaScore. So, and Roger Ebert said... (laughs) (laughs) this is a movie uh, sorry this is a movie so paltry in its characters and shallow in its story that the war seems to exist primarily to provide graphic visuals damn tell it like it is ebert
3: dang all right
2: jason let's hear one by any reasonable standard this dark vampire epic all massive overacting cologne commercial design and sexy cat suit sucks but at least it gives a crap (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't yep. ebert that was uh andrew O'Hare oh here oh Well, oh all
1: right you know, it, you know it's like well at least they tried <laughs>
2: yep that, that is literally the review they they tried and then ebert just like You
1: are
4: garbage
1: jason throw one out there yeah buddy. throw
4: one out for us all right i'm gonna i'm gonna go with one that i initially didn't like and ended up uh coming back to and loving. And I'm going to lose a little bit of nerd cred here, although I think I've given this away a tiny bit in previous episodes by not knowing a, a quote or two. The first time I tried to watch Lord of the Rings, uh, I, just, I couldn't get into it. And it was a, uh, right when they came out. I had no idea about the world or anything. I may have just been tired the first time I tried to watch it. <laughs> not sure. mm-hmm. But um, coming back and I absolutely adore those movies now because they're awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, practical, practical effects are amazing it's a great story but first time I tried to go through it didn't get me, uh, couldn't get into it at all and then had the exact opposite experience well not the exact opposite uh, almost the opposite experience with the Hobbit movies, I went in man I'm really really hoping to enjoy this and then I just, I can't go, I can't bring myself to keep going back and watching those as much as I want to Yeah, want yeah. to love them Agree. So so
1: so and 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 to clarify, like there, there's a bit of a an age range here. I am the oldest. I'm 35. Jason, how old are you? Going to
4: be 30 at the end of this month.
1: Okay, so so, so so you would have been approximately like 10 or 11 when. Oh yeah. When when the Fellowship of the Ring came out. So I'm going to give you, as as the resident old person, I will <laughs> give you a pass <laughs> for being 10 and 11 and not being able to get into the Fellowship of the Ring because that's a really long movie to expect like yeah. a 10 or 11-year-old well, boy to sit through.
4: You know, now that I'm thinking about it, part of the issue was the uh, atmosphere as well because I think we decided to rent it on this big family trip uh, mm-hmm. where it was me, uh, my family, uh, both of my mom's brothers and their whole families, and there were literally people that were asleep that sleep through basically all movies within like the first few minutes. And you know, I had younger cousins talking over it and all that kind of stuff. So mm. it just it could not hold my attention with the gigantic room of people mm. on the small rental television at our vacation place. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, conditions were not ideal. <laughs> no, they were I had a really not.
2: Funny experience with Lord of the Rings because. I, the first time I, I was on a camping trip, I mean, it was like glamping. We, we were in a tent, like at a campsite, um, but we were still close enough to the city. And we were staying for three or four days with my family. I was nine, maybe. And they're like, oh, we're going to go see Lord of the Rings. And I had already seen the previews. And I'm like, that movie going to scare me. Like, I have no
3: interest.
2: <laughs> like, I, like, I literally told my parents, I might have been, you know what? That was what, 2000."
1: Uh, 2001 was when the fellowship of the ring came out. I was okay. a, I, I, that came out, I think like late 2001. So I would have been a junior in high school. Yeah,
2: just, it was December. Cause it was right after Christmas that we went yeah. to go see it. So it was, I was, I had just turned nine. And so I'm telling my parents, I'm like, I don't want to see it. Gosh, every, that makes everybody, me sound
1: 8 million years old.
2: <laughs> everybody, everybody was like, we need to go see this. So we end up going. And my parents talk about this moment as, like, one of the worst parenting decisions of their life. But I'm like, it wasn't that big a deal. Anyways, I get, like, of course I get the Jesus scared out of me. You know how terrifying that movie is? Like, I don't know any part of the story of Lord of the Rings. So, like, I- I'm just watching through it and then, like, all of a sudden like Bilbo's like when he screams and goes for the ring. I that that is like, terrifying. Oh uh, no, I, I totally went. jumped
1: too. But I mean to be fair, I'd never I'd never read any of the stories and you know, until after I saw the films. And like, so
2: I, I literally had never wanted to leave anywhere <laughs> <laughs> more than I did in that moment.
3: <laughs> <laughs> See,
2: I like, evil, and I was like I was just like, Mom, I like this is horrible. It's just like it's okay, just don't look. <laughs> and so I watched this whole movie. It's incredibly depressing. I mean, I watch I watch like Gandalf fall. I watch Boromir get killed and all the the hobbits get taken. I'm like, what am I this is horrible. Like I'm so sad. <laughs> and then I'm just terrified for like the next three or four days. But it's it's funny. Movies that have done that to me, because Signs is another one that did that to me.
3: Mm. They
2: They've turned into some of my favorite movies of all time. And I think it's also because I have such a strong emotional connection to them, even though it was negative. That really strong emotional connection makes it feel so real that when I go back and watch it, I can still connect to those feelings I had initially. And I'm like, man, this is so... It's done so well. It scared a little nine-year-old and he wanted to die. Like that's how good it was. Like good job movie. <laughs> like you did good being menacing because it was attempting to be menacing and it did a good job. So Yeah. That's my Lord well, of the Ring story.
1: Well well, Greg, if it makes you feel better, like so I didn't see Fellowship of the Ring until my I and I don't even know because my I am a, I am the lone nerd in a family of rednecks. And so I don't know what prompted my mother to grab a used copy of *The Fellowship of the Ring* from um, Hastings, which was—I don't know if you all ever had a Hastings near you growing up.
3: Nope, uh, never no, even heard of
1: okay. that. So, so, so Hastings—it it, it now it is now defunct. But uh, it was a um, like a, a music, movie, uh, book, media store, and they they dealt in like used and new. You know, products and things like that. So you could, like, bring stuff to trade in. Anyway, my mom bought, uh, like, three used DVDs in uh, One Visit to Hastings. And two of those three would become very influential for me. One was The Fellowship of the Ring. The other was Signs.
2: <laughs> yeah. Was literally the two that scared me. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but if it, if it makes you feel better, Greg, like, I I was kind of curious to watch The Lord of the Rings. Um, I didn't really have a lot of context for it other than I remembered watching the Rankin-Bass Hobbit movie <laughs> when I was a little kid. That
2: one kind of is terrifying to look at in retrospect. It
1: really is. Like, like I mean, those were um, – Ralph Bakshi did the – did he just – he just do the – he just did the Fellowship of the Ring and the and then the Two Towers, right? Or did he do or did he do uh, the Hobbit as well? I don't remember. I
2: don't know who that
1: is. Okay, okay but anyway, I remember seeing ads for the, the Hobbit on the Disney Channel when I was a little kid, and the the dragon scared me. I was maybe like four at the time, but like the dragon scared me. Um, but the the narration they they put over these ads was like very solemn and somber, and, like, this is a very serious, like, fantasy film that you <laughs> should watch if you are a grown-up <laughs> child. Like, like, like so, so, like, that was, like, all of my knowledge of Tolkien and The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit at the time. And so I was like, well... I don't know. I know Elijah Wood because he was in all these movies I watched as a little kid, like North. So I'll watch The Lord of the Rings. Also because it's a fantasy movie and I like fantasy stories. So I'll I'll watch it. And I really enjoyed it. But like, I started watching it on a night where um, I, I am notoriously a bad sleeper. I just, I, I've gotten better about it in recent memory. But like... On the whole, like, I will wake up at two or three in the morning and won't go back to sleep for two or three more hours. So I will, I I basically, I got in the habit where like, oh, well, it's 2.30 and I'm wide awake and not going to do anything. So I might as well go into the living room and watch a movie. So I started watching The Fellowship of the Ring and that those opening sequences like with the orcs and stuff like they freaked me out a little bit i was like 16 watching yeah. the movie greg so <laughs> uh, i mean and this was this was before i really enjoyed horror films so um i mean take that with a grain of salt because now i'll watch horror movies all day and go to write to bed so yeah but anyway like if it makes you feel better <laughs> like i was still like ooh, that was a little creepy ooh. <laughs> like as like <laughs> high school kid so yeah, Fellowship of the Ring. That's that's an interesting one, Jason. But yeah, like I I can definitely see how like conditions in the first watch may have contributed to yeah you know a less than experience.
4: What's
2: one that you guys have watched and like initially you were underwhelmed and then as you watched it more, I think that's probably it might be a harder one. Yeah, I, I feel like that's the harder category because again, if you didn't like it, you tend not to go back to it. Uh, oh
3: no,
1: see that was
2: the thing, easier really not necessarily like hating it and then going to liking it but something that you were kind of indifferent about Mm. and like Mm -hmm. okay and then realized wow that kind of like think of like your favorite movies were they always your favorite movies or did some of them like it took a little while and then you're like oh wow when did i really start Uh,
3: i cannot i
2: cannot remember my top five movies i cannot remember ever being indifferent to Mm. which i talked about during the boats (laughs) princess pride remember the titans got pilgrim Chester and Zootopia, all of them I've always remembered loving from the from the word go.
1: I, I've got one and, and maybe maybe a second pretty good one for, for this category. And so one movie that I watched that I just I was like, I don't understand why anyone likes this movie is Monty Python and the Holy Grail.
3: Mm, yeah.
1: uh, which I like now I love Monty Python. <laughs> um but the first time I watched it, so um, my my buddy Stephanie, one of my very best friends from high school, she and I are still really close friends. She like I was very familiar with Monty Python and the Holy Grail. So when I was in high school, uh, I was in marching band, and I so I knew all the quotes because this uh, in in the in the marching band everybody loved Monty Python, and so everybody would quote Monty Python all, all the time. So like. I've got a lovely bunch of coconuts, deedly, here they are standing in a row, bop, 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 bop. You know, I knew the coconut song. I knew the whole thing about King Arthur and his his man Patsy and their writing, and they're, they're like, because we would do, uh, at, at, during band camp every summer, please do not quote American Pie at me because that's not what happens at band camp. We, like, people... Oh, that movie was terrible. Yeah, uh, no, I've still, to this day, never seen it because of that reason. I was in marching band. This is not how it works. Mm. At least not in the marching band that I, you know, was in. But whatever.
2: Wait. Anyway. Sorry, Ashley. You're telling me that all the guys don't get their penises stuck in their wound instruments. Uh, too
1: much. I mean, I what was kind of band
2: player. camp are you running?
1: I mean, I was a sax player and I'm a lady, so. And you didn't put um, your penis
2: I, in it, Ashley. Is that what you're telling I, me? <laughs> it turns out, uh, being
1: lady. <laughs> not how that works but whatever you, anyway you didn't
2: metaphorically <laughs> i don't even know how how would that even function i metaphorically may have put my penis in the saxophone um.
1: right no no we're, we're not gonna no anyway. <laughs> we don't stick them in, a, in apple pies either for that matter yeah but i
2: don't it, I, I swear that movie was just like hey what can we stick our penises in next like
1: yes i mean that was basically the premise of the whole movie as i understand it <sighs> still again not seen it whatever moving on uh, Monty Python was the movie that got lots of quotes, not American Pie. Although I did have a friend who would say one time at band camp, I got sunburned. And that was like the end of the story. Because <laughs> we all did got sunburned because we are all very pale people. But anyway, Monty Python, like we would do like the seniors every year at band camp would do like a senior skit. And half of the thing, like or like a senior show, and half of the skits in there were were like Monty Python. So, I knew about, like, you know, Patsy clapping the coconuts together for King Arthur as he galloped into town. Um, I knew the whole thing about he got better. Uh, or, and, and, like, so I knew all of the lines. And so, my freshman year of college, my buddy Stephanie was like, wait, wait, I'm sorry. You haven't seen Monty Python and the Holy Girls?" Like, no, I haven't. I just know all of these lines from it because of Bandcamp. And she's like, oh, we're going to fix this. And so she came over one day and we we had like a movie day and we watched a whole bunch of movies that day and one of them was Monty Python and the Holy Grail. And I watched it and I was like, I really don't think this is that funny. I I just, I just, I I don't get it. And she's like, what? (laughs) What is wrong with you? And so I'm like, okay, whatever, maybe this is just me just not getting it, that's fine. And I and I just, I left it there. Approximately a decade later, I'm in grad school and I'm in my modern sci-fi class and I'm writing my final paper on uh, Ready Player One and how Ready Player One is a science fiction story that uses a fantasy structure. And one of the things, if you've read Ready Player One, you know that Monty Python and the Holy Grail plays a very prominent part in the finale of the book, not so much in the movie. So I'm I'm breaking down Monty Python and the Holy Grail for this paper, and so I, I, I'm like, all right, fine. It's been a while since I've seen this. I should probably revisit it, even though I'm pretty familiar with the dialogue. And so I watch it and i don't know if it's just that it's late at night and i'm watching this cuz i've got i you know i'm working full time and i'm doing grad school i you know I'm, i i'm i'm fitting in my work in where i can so it's pretty late at night and i'm watching this movie and it's really funny like this is hilarious i i like i'm having a good time i should watch this again just to make sure i'm getting everything and so i i i restarted the dvd and i started watching it again and i'm laughing even harder this time I rented this movie from the library and so I've got it for three or four days and I probably watched it 10 times in that, in that um, time span in which I had it from the library and it gets funnier and funnier and funnier and funnier every time I watch it. I was like, what was wrong with me that I did not enjoy this movie the first time I watched it? This is hysterical. So for me, Monty Python and the Holy Grail is that movie. I'm sorry it took me 46 rabbit trails to get to this conclusion that I did not like it the first time and I enjoyed it by the end. So now I love Monty Python and the Holy Grail and I will put it on if I if I need something fun to watch in the background. If I need something lighthearted, if I need something that is, you know, just I, I, need, I need a distraction and I know I, I will laugh in it no matter how many times I've seen it. Monty Python and the Holy Grail. That's what, that was, that was my movie I did not enjoy the first time, and now I love it.
3: You got two
2: handfuls of coconuts, and you're banging them together.
1: <laughs> it is,
2: uh, I, I think I've told my Monty Python story on, on the podcast, but a friend was like, in summary, a friend was like, hey, let's watch this movie. And I was like, I don't want to watch this movie. I was like, if you don't laugh through the Black Knight scene, we won't right. watch the movie. And right. I managed to not do it, and I was like, nope, stop what you're doing. Put the movie back, we're watching the whole thing. That was hilarious. I'm just mm-hmm. better than you. Uh, (laughs) my (laughs) self-control my self-control is impeccable
1: (laughs) I I, I think also like in that in that maybe 10 year time span I gained a greater appreciation for absurdist humor
2: yeah definitely it's definitely which uh, which I
1: did not have as much when I was like high school early college and now I'm all like please let me watch all the absurd movies
2: yes it's definitely like a little more of a quiet day sort of thing Um, but as I was saying I am the master of self-control uh, <laughs> master self-control uh funny thing about about um monty python like i grew up with cousins who were like obsessed with it like could quote like my oldest cousin was in theater and really impressive mm. like memory and singing and he could literally like just quote the entire movie with accents and everything and so i i grew up thinking it was really funny but then it was just funny. I don't know if any of you guys have ever gotten into Life of Brian, which was their their second one.
1: I, uh, I have not watched Life of Brian. Ryan has Life seen of- Life of Brian and enjoys it.
2: Yeah, like I mean, in some Christian circles, it's gotten flack because it it's mm-hmm. it's not really sacrilegious at all. It doesn't it doesn't have any blasphemy. But it it tells the story of, like, the next-door neighbor of Jesus who was born on the same day. His name is Ah. Brian. And it's like the wise men initially go to his house, but then they realize it's not Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it has some amazing scenes that are just classic. But anyways, I recommend going to watch it. Back on track, though, I was thinking about movies that I just kind of watched and I didn't think much of, but then kind of came back and really liked them. And I think the majority of them are less like, like not your typical like action movie. Like, like for instance, I don't know if you ever seen Before Midnight or Before Sunset or After. So what are the three? The three of them, they, they, they're the three of them with Ethan Hawke and the French girl. They're considered to be, you know, some of the, the, the greatest people call them, some people call them the greatest romantic movies ever. Um, but it's it's even Hawk and this girl and it's like a super raw film very few cuts in the whole movie so it's very much like an, like it's supposed to be you know two hours of time that they spend where he meets her on the train and they talk and then they then they get off the train and they go walking around in Paris or wherever and they just kind of keep talking about life and and then two hours later like they're kind of like okay um and I don't want to spoil anything but they're like okay well in in one year I'm planning on coming back and I'll meet you right here. And they're like, I don't want your number or anything. And that's kind of how they leave it. And then they make two more movies and both the movies are timeline sufficient, which means that like the second one I think was made 10 years later or five years later. And it takes place with the characters five years later. And they're like, hey, I haven't seen you in this, you know, whatever. And then the last one was made like 15 years or 10 years after. So it was a super large gap. And so they're older and it's like it's modern day Ethan Hoff was made recently and this girl and again, they're all shot very similarly. These are obviously movies that when I initially watched them was like, okay, boring Just hmm. talks and stuff like that and walks and I'm not interested, but I watched them earlier, I guess not earlier this year, so 2019 maybe early early uh, 2020. I watched all three of them and I was like blown away. I think that those three movies as far as what they're trying to do are like incredible. I think they're they're all three definitely worth a watch. They're super you get sucked into the story big time. Ethan Hawke is incredible. Like he deserves an academy award for all three of them. The girl, I think those are really her only big films. I mean, I think she's uh, a great
3: bro- actress.
1: If I can interject, Greg, I believe the actress you're thinking of is Julie Del uh, Julie Delpy.
3: Okay.
1: Yeah, uh, and these are the Before Midnight, Before Sunset, mm-hmm. whatever yep. films.
3: Yeah.
1: I am. I'm looking at her IMDb right now. Looks like she is about to do a series that is in in uh, post production called On the Verge. She's consistently worked since. Like, I mean, she's got stuff in every year since 1978, pretty much. Okay. She she started acting very young, but uh, maybe in lesser known things in the U.S.
2: Yeah, no, she, she's excellent. I just know she's less of a household name than even did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but anyways, those were definitely movies for me that, like, when I watched them the second time. And I think, obviously, just with my profession and being able to appreciate certain parts of film now, as opposed to before I started doing this. I can just look at that and be kind of blown away at the acting prowess of to be able to to hold a very emotional conversation, you know, for a 12 minute scene with no cuts, you know, mm-hmm. as they're walking down a street and as I'm assuming tons of doubles, I mean tons of extras are having to constantly rewalk their marks and constantly reshoot the scenes. And just the amount of effort that goes into that and, and how quickly you just get sucked in because you're like, wow, like no time is being cut. Like I'm just, I've am just i just been listening to this conversation for the last two hours and I'm like so engaged. And you're like, that's pretty crazy. It's just a, a way that a movie can make you feel that most movies don't make you feel. And I feel like it flies a little under the radar. But if you're ever going to watch like a, a romantic movie, like, hey, what's it just a solid romance? Like that is, in my opinion, the best. Those three movies, all very good.
1: And, and I, I, I think Ethan Hawke, Tends to choose projects like that um, more recently in his career I mean I think like when he was younger he was doing I I mean again I'm a little older than you guys and I'm also a a lady so I remember like getting like Tiger Beat and other teeny bopper magazines and having like Did you
2: say (laughs) Tiger Beat?
1: (laughs) Oh Yes sir I said Tiger Beat How else am I going to get all these handsome posters? Literally never heard of that in my life it's because you are a dude.
2: <laughs> I, I thought you were going to say it's because I wasn't born in the 80s. I would have also accepted that answer.
1: Well, no. I mean, like, I was born in the mid-80s. And so, I mean, I was I was a middle school girl in, like, the mid-90s. I am so.
2: Googling Tiger Beat.
1: Yes, go for it. It, I, As far as I know, it's still in publication. Teen um, Life and All Things
2: Cool, it looks like it's still...
1: Still, still going. Still I mean, going. I'm not surprised. I mean, uh, to my knowledge, it's been going since like the 60s. So yeah, I mean, six
2: uh, founded in 65 by two dudes.
1: Yeah. Wow. Well, they sure know how to market to middle school girls. Anyway, I, I think about some of the things I've seen uh, Ethan Hawke in 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 later years. Um, I think specifically about First Reformed that came out in uh, 2019. I believe did I? Uh, any of you got? Oh, excuse me. Wow, that was longer ago than I thought. 2017. Did uh, either of you three gentlemen ever see First Reformed? No.
2: Never no. heard of it.
1: Uh, oh. <laughs> please go watch First Reformed. First Reformed is a great film for watching. Sorry.
2: A- is you saying First Reformed?
1: Yes, as in, like, uh, that's the name of the church that Ethan Hawke is the pastor oh, of. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. In this film. I, I think First Reformed is really interesting because it deals with a lot of really good ethical questions that uh, Christians face in, ha, ha, or have, have faced in recent years, like, regarding not just, like, environmental stuff, but, you know, how do you move forward with these complicated issues? And I, I feel like it, it really does a good job of... Dealing with these issues honestly, so I w- I would definitely recommend that film. Uh, it was a really powerful film. I've only saw I've only seen it one time, and I still I like. There are points in my day, like almost weekly, where I think about First Reformed. But I, I think I think Ethan Hawke is really interesting in that, like how he kind of ref- he kind of went from these like teeny bopper films, like well, and I wouldn't even say like Dead Poet Society is a teeny bopper film, but like you know he was a teen heartthrob, and so he went from like. Being a teen heartthrob to something like Gattaca in 1997. Mm, Gattaca is so such a it. good movie. Gattaca is an excellent science fiction film, and well, and, and just an excellent film, like period, because yeah. it asks really solid, like, ethical questions. I
2: honestly thought that uh, Gattaca was like closer to my fears of of bioethics, like what <laughs> what will re- will happen in actuality because we're getting actually oh, yeah, close no, to that sort correctly. of technology where people are going to be sorted based on their genes.
1: No, I totally agree. I think I think the questions that Gattaca asked are just as relevant today as they were in 1997. You know, so films like that, and like playing Hamlet, and you know, doing all of these these big roles to roles like what what Greg mentioned in these before films, um, and uh, and in First Reformed, where he is. I, like he's he's really evolved in his craft, and uh, interesting lo- enough, looks like he's going to be in Moon Knight, the uh, uh, one of the big Marvel TV series that's coming. That up.
2: that like, one should be really interesting, especially I, given how how interesting Wandavision has turned out. I'm really excited for Moon Knight.
1: I I'm excited for yeah. Moon Knight too, because I mean, being a big Marvel uh, person, like I I was not super familiar with the character. I will happily watch Oscar Isaac be anything. Uh, yeah. I don't care. There's, uh, they uh, get to be several
4: different I, things playing that character. Yeah, I, I'm pretty. I'm
2: pretty sure I show this to Greg, but the, the, a guy did like a skit about uh, all the people who didn't get into Avengers Endgame, and uh, and one of them was Moon Knight. And it's like interviewing like Moon Knight and Punisher, and they're like Punisher, what do you bring to the party? Guns. But like, <laughs> they already got that, and and like Blade, like oh, but. <laughs> He's like, Blade, there's no vampires in Endgame. Well, yeah, why do you think there were no vampires in Endgame? Because <laughs> Blade killed them all. And Moon Knight's like, bro, I got all the powers of the moon. What, what does that even mean, Moon Knight?
1: <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Here, here's a fun fact I learned somewhat recently. Did you know Oscar Isaac was in a Christian ska band in the <laughs> Wait, uh, was it th- late t- 90s, tell, early 2000s? Tell me it wasn't
2: the Ws.
1: Uh, no, it was not the Ws. I only does That would make up? me flip. Uh, so, so if you use Twitter um, and you are a uh, a Christian and you're a little weird like me, I would recommend that you uh, follow the weird Christian Twitter um, um, folks on Twitter uh, because those are really fun. But you get to learn fun facts like, oh, did you know Oscar Isaac was in a Christian ska band? <laughs> I'm going to Google this because I can't remember the name of the band. Well, what, about, never... what
2: about the other side? Does anybody have any more that they didn't like they liked initially and now they don't like? I feel like for me, a lot of sequels come to mind. Yeah.
0: Like, we talked yeah. about it before the podcast.
2: Yeah. Like, I I think when I get into, like, really good, you know, I, I get excited about a new fantasy movie or something, you know, or, or just like, like um, Jurassic Park comes out or Jurassic um, Park. <laughs> or, or like uh the pirates of the caribbean uh or any of these movies that really like we even mentioned transformers which i thought started off strong and they just continue to make sequels and like they just trap you in there because they're such solid ideas i mean jurassic park was kind of the first mainstream you know dinosaur experience ever so you're like if you want to see dinosaurs this is where you go and so you're so trapped in and so you're just like okay let's watch the next one let's watch the next one and i've always just thought of The Jurassic parks as like this collection of these three movies, until I've gone back and watched them and been like, the second one's not that great and the third one (laughs) is straight garbage. (laughs) 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 The third one, pure garbage. (laughs) I mean, like seriously, go back and watch it and you'll be like, the pacing of this movie makes like none of the movie makes any sense. There's that weird scene where he's like, Alan. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Alan. <laughs> and
2: he's, just, he's a Velociraptor. And Alan. If, if, no, if nobody is, nobody knows what the scene is. He, like the main guy falls asleep, and you know he's having this like rousing dream, and all of a sudden he hears Alan, and he turns, and it's just it's a Velociraptor, and the Velociraptor opens his mouth and says Alan. Alan.
3: <laughs>
2: it's so, and it's like it's, why? It's why? so bizarre. It's so bizarre. Yeah. Um, but I think I think a lot of movies have done that. Pirates of the Caribbean, I don't think to the same extent, because although it had the same kind of trickle-down effect, I thought the second one was kind of like, you're getting a little weird, and the third one was like, okay, you're definitely ready to end, because you mm-hmm. you're getting really out there. But the and first yet one they just,
1: made two more after yeah. <laughs> that, you know, that one, and,
2: and Well, the same thing with Jurassic Park. I mean, you got the Jurassic we talked about this but the new the first the jurassic world first jurassic world the premise of well dinosaurs are boring i'm like are you what what, in what world what what (laughs) kind of ridiculous fantasy world is this where people have gotten tired people are still going to regular zoos Like, are you kidding me (laughs) it's such a bad premise (sighs) yeah I, i think that like uh like i said i think i think um Pirates of the Caribbean has a similar feel as to where, like the first movie, in my opinion, was really incredible, and I can still go back and love that movie. I yeah, mean, I it was made off of a it was made off of a ride. The ride had no yeah, story. right, just, right, and that's impressive. it's essentially just a, an original screenplay, and they capture everything. It's fun. It's a little scary. A lot of action. There's good drama. It's hilarious. You introduce characters that are iconic now forever like jack sparrow like you know yeah. how hard that is to introduce a character that is just instantly and i mean everybody knows jack sparrow, and
1: sparrow. well well and i and, and i would say that a lot oh. of that- oh,
2: yeah so P- pirates of the caribbean was one movie where naomi Wash. i i i showed it to naomi and abby for the first time and they was like yeah i don't think i really like that movie and i was like <sighs> like taken aback offended like That's a great movie. How do you not like that movie?
1: Yeah, it's a great (laughs) film. Like, I love the first one. I was kind of meh on, like, two and three. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Two and three were meh. But Um, the first one, I think, is still good and still holds up. Oh, yeah, the first one. But that goes along with the theme of of what I was saying, whereas when I first watched the the second and third, I thought they were very enjoyable and fun. And then now when I go back and watch them, kind Mm -hmm. of lesser Mm -hmm. and lesser every time, almost. I yeah. well, think sequels have to do that a lot. I'm trying to think of their other one. Well, so I'm wondering if because I talked about the Matrix sequels. I'm gonna make sure Jason's unmuted. And the thing about the Matrix sequels, right? I, I don't think of them fondly, but I do want to go back and rewatch them in preparation mm-hmm. for Matrix Four. So my my opinion might change on those. So I'm curious to see if I'll look on those movies more favorably upon subsequent viewings. Um,
1: I totally missed that there was going to be Matrix Four.
2: Yeah, it's been in development for a while now. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm just already preparing for that one to be
1: To, to be, be a stanker?
2: To be the Pirates of the Caribbean four and five where you're like, I'm I'm actually like super curious as to how they're working in Neo and Trinity. Like, well, it's like those are both like those are the first two characters you hear they're gonna be in it. like as right. as far as we know now, there are no characters in the entire movie except for two. And those both of those characters are dead. <laughs> and
3: so Yeah, yeah right. so
2: I'm really curious uh, as to how they're gonna do it. It could be it's either going to be it, there's, there's not. It's not going to be a mediocre movie. It's either going to be really interesting and really fun to watch, or it's going to be just utter abominable, pure trash that needs to be burned yeah. with fire.
3: Yeah, I don't
2: it think it good. can be a mediocre movie. The Matrix yeah. movies for me are like, I know that they digress as far as like qualities, or like like in in like critical acclaim, like the first mm-hmm. one being great, the second one being like a little worse. And then the third one kind of dropping off a little bit. Um, They're all three still pretty, like, decently high enough. It's not like the other ones we mentioned. But I'm a huge fan of all three of them. Um, Right. And most, like, obviously the first one, I agree, stands out the most. But I think they all three coexist very well. Um, Aside from the CGI Hmm. kind of aging, not that great. And the second one uh, for a couple scenes. Uh, The movies, I think, all three are great. But... Yeah, I think I have just no optimism about the fourth one. I'm kind of like let it let yeah, it be. Yeah, I, I, I want to watch it because I'm, 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 I'm more than anything I'm curious as to how they're working them yeah. back in.
1: Well, and and I, I will say I did not watch any of those movies. Well, in retraction. I saw the first one in maybe 2015. And that was, the, that was the one and only time I saw it. And then we Ryan and I watched them with a, with a buddy maybe in 2018, 2019. We watched all three, like, on a Sunday. <laughs> uh, we took, like, the whole afternoon and evening and watched all three films. And uh, I, I really enjoyed all of them. I thought they were all fun movies. And then I think in 2019, for, like, the 20th anniversary, I got to go see the original film in Dolby um which was really cool like if you all have the sound heard, design
2: is really good
1: yeah like the sound is really good i was actually still like really impressed with how well some of the um cgi mm-hmm. and, and and tech stuff actually it's, still
2: yeah I mean, it's aged surprisingly well
1: like while still being somewhat dated um oh, yeah, definitely. Still holds up very very mm-hmm. well on the whole um I, I was very impressed with that. Even getting to see it in like in a Dolby transfer, which is you know, um, if if you've never watched a film in Dolby uh, one, like if you go see a film in a Dolby theater, uh, prepare to just like feel your seat buzz the whole time because yeah. the uh, the Dolby speakers, like the speakers, are within the seats and also all around you. So it's a really big sound experience, but also like. Um, Dolby transfers of films or films that are filmed specifically for uh, Dolby digital screenings are really, really high quality. So the fact that they were able to take a film that was filmed in 35 milliliter, millimeter and, and do a really solid high quality transfer to Dolby and it still looks good is saying something for the quality of the filmmaking that went into that first film. So I I personally really, really enjoyed it. And that was one where I, I have enjoyed it more on subsequent viewings. And part of it is just understanding more about what's happening. Yeah. Um, But also just really appreciating it as, like... I I personally did not really have a, a, a taste for cyberpunk for a very long time. Uh, Ready Player One kind of, you know, switched that around for me. Um, So a lot of s- cyberpunk films that I had kind of, like, meh or passed over because i'm like ah, i don't really like cyberpunk it's too dark or whatever and like ready player one really shifted that for me because that's like my favorite science fiction book so things like um the matrix and uh blade runner and you know things like that have really shifted for me a uh, ghost in the shell is another one where i didn't like it the first time and i and again now i really enjoy and appreciate them on a completely different level
3: mm-hmm.
1: so yeah anyway
2: honestly i can think of more so i think i i my tastes have kind of matured in that i i prefer i am happy to sit down and watch movies that are dialogue driven i was never really a lot of my movies did have a lot of dialogue in it like princess bride like court jester that are very dialogue heavy but also have action scenes and things like that so you know as a young male as a teenage male being influenced by other teenage men you know, they're like, "Wow, bro, action movies, blah, guns, violence, da 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 da." Right? And I never, you know, like fully bought into it, but I would say I would I would, I would lean more action oriented and kind of avoid, you know, rom coms and things like that. Not, although not a hundred percent, but I, I think that that really changed for me when I went and saw um, "Good Night and Good Luck,"
3: mm-hmm.
2: which is basically a purely dialogue driven movie and just being. And, and I've never been much for historical movies either. Watching that, being like, that was an excellent movie, you know, jaw droppingly good movie. I think, you know, in terms of movies that, that I would enjoy now that I wouldn't have enjoyed probably, you know, 15 years ago, um, I think When Harry Met Sally would qualify as one, except again, movie was 100% talking, purely dialogue driven. I think for me, mostly it's been movies that when I go back to revisit, movies that I remember fondly. And I go back and rewatch them now, and I'm like, this movie is not good. <laughs> and uh, so I mentioned Swan Princess because I was like, it's been years since I've watched The Swan Princess. Let me just, you know, watch the 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 first three. Watch the first one; still fantastic movie, still holds up. First Swan Princess is a masterpiece, and I don't say that super lightly. It really is an amazing movie. Second one, I think I got halfway through, and I was like, I can't watch this anymore. I just like it. It it was like the voice acting was just so bad. Everyone sounded like they were bored out of their minds. I I didn't understand what was happening. Like, I remember enjoying this movie a lot. This is bad. (laughs) This is almost unwatchably bad. So it is interesting to go and rewatch movies that you enjoyed as uh, a kid when you're young and impressionable, and seeing what holds up and what really doesn't. And and also acknowledging, like you know, I would have mentioned this. I I should have mentioned this during the the garbage, but like. Back before like Tangled, Disney was. Uh, this was this was like the late '90s. Disney was pumping out straight to DVD garbage sequels. So younger kids might <laughs> oh, not remember yeah. this. So like you, oh you, no, you, I you, remember. You, I said younger kids, Ashley.
1: <laughs> I, I bro I still remember all right. those garbage but, sequels but Pocahontas so, 2, yeah, Cinderella, yeah, two exactly. Cinderella
2: 2 Cinderella 2 and 3 two. Mulan 2 and so th- yeah Disney had this have this habit of just pumping out straight to DVD garbage and then I think who came in uh, they they uh, someone came in I think the guy from C, um the head of Pixar when when Disney bought Pixar part of the deal was that the head guy at Pixar got a top spot at Disney Mm-hmm. And he was like, "All right, we're not doing straight to DVD garbage anymore." Yeah. It was making Disney yeah. a lot. Of, it was it was a from a from a purely fiscal standpoint, it was the wrong decision to make because they were making a killing with that garbage. It was really oh, yeah. cheap to make, and it got them so much money. But you know, every like, now like, and then, Disney will yeah. make a creatively forward decision. Every now and then, but one of the ones that I probably the only one that's like even decent is Lion King Two.
1: Yeah, I Lion don't King think it's 7 a great is movie. Pretty good.
2: Yeah, Pretty. but it, it has, you know, it's got a... First of all, the d- when when he gets cast out, and
1: they're like, deception, disgrace.
2: So good, so good. Uh, it has inupendies, which uh, me and my siblings uh, determined was actually a filthy Disney trick, right? Because it's, mm-hmm. it's this love song, but it's down in your panties. <laughs> and this was not me that came up with this theory. This was my older sister who came up with this theory, so... Uh.
1: and <laughs> and well... I'll I'll say because I I might be fairly close in age to your older sister. I've only seen Lion King two once, and I was in like eighth grade, and it complete that that was not a thing that crossed my mind. So. <laughs> <laughs> Um, aside, if you are very curious about the uh, ska band that Oscar Isaac was in, do a, do a Google search for. He was in a couple of different ones, uh, one being the blinking underdogs, the other the worms. Um, anyway, yeah, uh, Lion King too, I that totally went over my head.
2: Yeah, I, I don't think it was intended that way. Uh, yeah. I think that was just my older sister making a dirty joke.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, and, and to be honest, like I, 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 will get all the dirty jokes nowadays, but I'm probably not the person that's going to make yeah. them. So, yeah. Um,
2: uh, I would say Space Jam is not a great movie. I, I still will watch it and yeah. and look on it very fondly, but Michael Jordan's acting is stangonia. Man. But okay, so it's really funny that so I'm I'm big in manga and anime, right?
3: Right. and there's uh-huh. a
2: specific genre called isekai which is basically you get transported to another world right and it, it's blown up over the last 3-4 years it's become huge it's become one of the biggest genres where it's like they're a dime a dozen now typically it's framed in like oh I'm in a like you know like an RPG style world where I have magic and, and this and that and the other but someone was like uh, my top 4 isekais and it's like a 4 panel thing and it's you know this anime and this anime and this anime and then the 4th <laughs> panel is Michael Jordan and Space Jam <laughs> I like, you know what? You're totally right.
1: <laughs> uh, I, I will say, last year at the beginning of the pandemic, I I wrote an article for Fangirlish about like the top ten comfort movies on Netflix, and um, Space Jam was one that I revisited, and I did not really enjoy it nearly as much as I did at yeah, age ten.
2: Exactly. It it doesn't really hold up that well. It's kind of one of those ones you're like. It's mostly nostalgia, is why I will watch this movie. Bill Murray is fantastic in it. His part is still great. <laughs> How did you get here? Oh, I uh, I know one of the producers. He gave me a ride. <laughs> aren't, aren't they making a sequel to that? It's been or- rumored for a long time that they're making a sequel with like LeBron James or someone no, like that. So, so there's already a trailer out for it. Or is it there? It yep. Um, it- it's not really a trailer, but it's like... HBO Max had this had this special come out uh, that was like, hmm. "Hey, these are the movies that are coming up." And it showed a quick clip of Godzilla versus King Kong. It showed a quick clip of the new um, of the new uh, uh, Mortal Kombat movie or series, and then it showed a clip of the new Space Jam, and it's LeBron James. <laughs> and so, for me, I mean, I w- when Space Jam first came out, was me getting into sports. And so, I please. thought, oh my gosh, my brain just heard you saying, when I got into Space Jam, was me getting a divorce. <laughs> little oh little eight year old Greg, little seven year old, <laughs> eight year old Greg was like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, yeah, right. Cadence, that like, was, it's over. Like, Greg. You get there's this a, half of the sandbox, I get this half of the sandbox.
4: There's a Greg story we have not heard, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> one where Greg gets time. a divorce.
2: <laughs> um,. Florida's a wild state, man. They do all sorts of crazy things down there. <laughs> I uh, I was I was just getting into basketball specifically. And so the fact that there were NBA players was very intriguing to me. But also all around, I mean, the music is hype in that movie. The, the, the comedy is great between you have the, the children comedy, but you also have the Bill Murray adult comedy. And it's basketball, which sucked me in. And so I still have a huge soft spot for it. Obviously, yeah, I'm sure uh, Michael Jordan's acting is, is lackluster. Haven't seen it in a while. You know what, though, is one that I totally should have said last week that I think might still play some kind of a role this week, just because I like this movie every time I watch it, and it's a bad movie. <laughs> Everybody hates this movie. The, the, the first Marvel Hulk movie, <laughs> the one that was done like a comic book,
1: uh, That's yeah, but... the best one. Pro tip. I,
3: <laughs>
2: I love that one.
1: I, I... do too.
2: It's uh, like I know it's I know it's objectively bad. As <laughs> they
1: film it through. is not objectively bad. Who are you talking to? These people are wrong.
2: It is <laughs> the fact the cutscenes that they make. I mean they are like it's literally like why <laughs> <laughs> I mean
1: they put it in panels wow. it's a comic book Greg that's why it's, it's the best
2: there is literally a part where like wow. there's an explosion and they do a freeze frame of the guy in the explosion they cut him out and then they like drag him in
1: oh, it's a comic book isn't it is a, it is a visual so, so. movie Comic book. So Ashley, no, she, that I
2: Ashley, it. that would have been a legitimate argument until Spider Verse came out. Yeah,
1: I was <laughs> right. was no, well that's first. fair. I and I love Into the Spider Verse so much, and I will yes, tell you because that, that has mean, that
2: same comic book thing while also being a good movie. <laughs> I, I,
1: you know, and it's and I'll be fair; it's been a while since I've watched Ang Lee's Hulk, but I I, I will tell you that I do believe Into the Spider Verse is the best superhero movie ever made. As somebody who. Adore. You're wrong.
2: It's number two. The first one is the 66 uh, Batman movie with Adam West.
1: I mean, that's Some a great film. can't but...
2: get rid of the bomb. That's... <laughs> hey. it, 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 if, if Spider-Verse had had that line, it would be number one, but Batman got it first.
1: Always remember Shark repellent, you guys.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, but that, anyway, that, sorry, Greg. That, <laughs> go that, ahead. The Hulk movie, is, it's a better story... The visuals are better it's it's cgi and the cgi still holds up which is surprising because they animate the entire character and his like his reaction to the environment is really impressive looking as far as just like the way that they did the cg like like the bullets bouncing off him. it all looks infinitely better than the next movie they made with um ed norton with ed norton
1: Ooh. Oh my gosh! I could not agree. I can't believe there is a thing that Greg and I really like one thousand percent agree on. Like it, this is like the moment of shock. I'm enjoying. Yeah, right no,
2: now. no. The Ed Norton one. I mean, it, sure. I mean, it's fun because it's a part of the Marvel universe. Right. But in my opinion, it, it's not as compelling. the 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 protagonist isn't um, the antagonist. Sorry, okay. I should know. Antagonist is a bad guy. The bad guy isn't as compelling, and it's just really kind of. In my opinion, it's a mess. The animation of the Hulk is is really poorly done. And that first one was good. Like, the story was compelling. It sucks you in. He's he's got drama with his father. They they tie all the characters in well. The fight scenes are super exciting. The character development's good. The only problem, I think, (laughs) <laughs> that they decided to shoot it, like, out of a potato for
3: whatever.
2: <laughs> was, this like, was this like that the, uh, the forbidden era, where the dark era where we're transitioning from film to digital, and so there's, like, that middle ground where everything just looks like ass for three years? It, it, it was just so weird. Like, even going back, I just sit there, I roll my eyes, I'm like, this is a solid movie. Why did you ruin it? It's like, well, it's like, like, I still I love that movie. uh, I was still
4: unashamed to go back and watch that movie. uh, We
1: got to watch it together now, bro. Like, like, (laughs) I, 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 to to my knowledge, to this day, I thought I was the only person on the planet that thought Angling's Hulk was far superior to Incredible Hulk, which to be to be honest, I have tried to watch that movie like probably 15 times and I have never made it through it through the whole thing like i fall asleep in the middle every single time because abomination is not compelling to me in any manner at all Um, yeah his father's
2: role in that first movie is one of the better villains i think out of out of a lot of the mcu if you go back and watch it you'll be surprised at like how i think how much depth he has as a as a character Kind of like how the story develops him, and and he's also menacing. He's like extremely powerful, (laughs) and so it's it's a very fun movie.
1: My big my big thing is like I don't understand how you can beat Sam Elliott as General Ross. Like, like I'm sorry, William Hurt. Like, I mean, William Hurt's a great actor, but he ain't Sam Elliott as General Ross. The
2: the only Uh, thing about that is the only thing about that is I love Sam Elliott, so I don't like him being the bad
3: guy.
1: Oh, no! I, I mean like uh, so I, I think what I have learned more than anything about watching movies with my mother is that my mother really is attracted to men with excellent mustaches so my mother loves Tom Selleck and she loves Sam Elliott also, my, also mother Andrew, uh, uh, my mother loves Andrew my mother loves Alan Jackson country singer she also loves him he also has an excellent mustache um, <laughs> but like like my mom I, I was like oh i want to watch hulk uh and she's like oh sam Elliott is in that and so i think i got my mom to watch it with me one time who gives no flying farts about any marvel or comic book thing ever but she wanted to watch because sam Elliott was in it so but yes yeah, sam Elliott as general ross was perfect and i i really love jennifer connelly as betty ross as well like
3: yeah.
1: I, I i yeah, like I mean, I love Liv Tyler, but I mean, I yeah. thought Jennifer Connelly was more compelling. Yeah. So I don't know. I just I'm not a big fan of the Ed Norton Hulk movie. I've never been able to make it through that movie without going to sleep.
2: On Speak, that, uh, following on exactly on that thread, a movie that I enjoyed while I watched it, and then you know later was like, huh, not that I not unlike Last Jedi where I where I grew to hate it a movie where I, it just it just it kind of faded into non-existence in my brain. Uh Man of Steel.
1: Oh, I've only seen that one time yeah. and I really enjoyed it the one time I watched right? it. Right? But but I think my my bar I was also expecting not to enjoy it. Sure. I, Ryan and I went to go watch it with our friend Michael um like 2 days before his wedding because his fiance had already left town to go mm. get go to, to go do wedding stuff. And so Michael's like, "Hey, I'm a bachelor for a couple more nights. Do y'all want to go see Man of Steel with me? We're like, yeah, man, let's go. Um, and so I, I wanted to go because I wanted to hang out with my buddy. Uh, and, you know, I'm happy to go watch any comic book movie. I don't care what it is. Um, but my, my expectations were very, very low for Man of Steel because I hated Superman Returns. Superman Returns is the lamest movie to ever lame. Yeah, I mean. Uh, it's oh, sorry.
2: A, that was I said it backwards. I wasn't talking about the Zack Snyder's Man of Steel. I was talking about Superman Returns with Brandon Routh.
1: Oh, Superman Returns! Uh, sucks So much. It yeah, is,
2: it does because oh. I, I remember watching it and being like, "Oh, that was fine." And then you know, really? like going back, yeah, yeah. At the time, I was because like, "I have
1: hated it. I have never. I've watched it once." Man. Yeah, at, it at was the time, so terrible. Again, I never watched it again. At the
2: time, I was just like, "Oh, movie fun, yay. But then, uh, then you know, the, going back, I was like, "Did anything actually happen in that movie?"
1: No, nothing no, it did. was it two hours was of
2: nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and Kevin so, Spacey, Superman yeah. Returns is such a weird movie to me because I don't think anyone was acting poorly. I just think the plot was so bad. No. Like, Brandon no. Routh, I thought character. was fine as Superman. Kevin yeah. Spacey, I thought was fine as Lex Luthor. Lois Lane, no idea who the actress is. Um, uh, uh... I thought did fine, did, you know, did what, what I guy Lois Lane's the MacGuffin. was very forgetful. I mean,. But... It's Superman though, so it's like, yeah, yeah. He... Say, so, so
1: Jason, Jason, you you you're <laughs> but, the big comic book guy among yeah, us. T- but, tell us what you think about th- Superman. But Returns. But the plot is
2: just like so boring. You're like, oh boy.
4: Yeah, Superman Returns real was again really boring to me. The I, I remember, you know, Kryptonite Island. I think. <laughs> it's yeah. Been a while since I watched, and his it. whole thing was like, um, I'm gonna get real estate money. Like, what? And Superman has a super powered kid that he didn't know about. I forgot about that part. I thought, yeah. um... I, I, rem- I just remember him, like, pushing a piano into a bad guy or something.
2: It's funny because the opening scene is really cool. It's, like, two guys robbing a place and Superman, like, flies down and they're shooting him and it shows, like, a slow-mo of the bullet just, like, colliding with his eye and then uh-huh. dropping to the floor. It's, like, a really cool opening scene and that's the most exciting part of the entire movie. Yeah.
1: I, I mean, I had kind I. You know, at the time, I, I, I was following comic book movies a lot closer than I, than I do now. I I heard some speculation like, well, a lot of folks say they hired Brandon Ralph because he looks so much like Christopher Reeve. And um, after and, and, and like having seen Brandon Ralph in other things, I appreciate him as an actor. But if I only looked at Superman Returns, I would believe it. <laughs> Because Superman Returns was so awful. Uh, Kate Bosworth was Lois Lane. Uh,
4: And Brandon Routh did a pretty good job of Superman. They brought him back uh, on one of the CW crossovers. And it was fun and it felt nostalgic and I enjoyed it. And I'm not sure why, because I did not enjoy Superman Returns.
2: Again, I really think it was a case of that was one of the most boring movies that's ever been made.
0: As,
1: oh yeah! It's oh, just like I nothing don't. happens. This okay. This is like the most shocking episode, of dearly debated ever, because we're all like agreeing on stuff.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: no, we're all agreeing
2: on comic book slash sci-fi stuff. Yeah,
1: yeah. This is very that's important.
2: more likely. I, I mean, I'll say I did not like Man of Steel. I, I'm not a huge fan of Zack Snyder in general. I think Watchmen was good. We talked about the ending. I think the Watchmen yeah. movie was good. I enjoyed 300. It was goofy, but I enjoyed it. Um, mm-hmm. but I don't really don't like <clears throat> most of what he's done
4: yeah. yeah I watched Man of Steel and I was like that was okay that wasn't Superman yeah. exactly like the, exactly the hype,
2: the hype around that was really high for me because that was already in like I was a film producer by that time and so I was really into this is gonna sound weird I'm really into movie trailers like I think that <laughs> well done movie trailers are should be appreciated and have a good role to play in a movie and how you remember it. And that had a pretty amazing initial teaser trailer. It actually had it actually had a song from The Lord of the Rings in it uh, playing in the background.
1: I noticed and, that, yeah. <laughs>
2: and it's, it's Russell Crowe's speech to Kellel before he sends him off. And it's these short little clips of him pretty much just living his human life on Earth. And it's, and it's, and it's Henry Cavill who for me was a big deal because i i i mean i liked him in count of monte cristo he played Fernand, who is or sorry he played um edmund no main no guy. he played alan he, he played, he played he? <laughs> it's,
0: it's,
3: it's
2: albert wrong greg he was jesus alan albert so he, plays, he plays Fernand's son albert and um, he's just a little kid at the time, but I recognized him when he played in the movie Immortals, which is kind of like a 300-esque type movie. Mm-hmm. Um, that that was probably a, a good one I should mention, where it's like initially I thought it was so badass and cool, and then I kind of looked at like the reviews later, and like on every single site, it's like a 25, and I'm like, was that movie really that bad? And to tell you the truth, I haven't watched it since I've seen all those reviews. I was about to, and I was like, oh, it's so cool. And then I saw all that, and I was like, Maybe it's not very cool, and then I just haven't gone back and watched it. I bet you it's terrible, but anyway, he's the main character in that, and he's kind of a stud. And I'm like, oh man, this kid grew up, and so now I'm seeing him as Superman. So I was real pumped for Man of Steel. Um, you have Hans Zimmer doing the music again, or uh-huh. Hans, like again because I say he did it for Batman, but so I was just really hyped, and it just underperformed. It was very vanilla for me. I didn't, I don't really like the Lois Lane character. Uh, who's that? Who's the girl that plays her?
1: Amy Adams. I just, yeah.
2: I'm i just not a huge fan of, like, key characters being played by really mainstream people. Like, Amy Adams, in my opinion, is just every single girl in every movie. Like, like she she plays in so many things. Like, she is in everything. And it's like, you wouldn't have, like, Bruce Willis go and be Superman. You'd be like, well, that's, that's Bruce. it's like, Bruce Willis is more famous than Superman. Like, you wouldn't have him there. And for me, it's like, Amy Adams is a more household name than Lois Lane so like I'm like oh well, that's Amy Adams and she just happens to be playing this role and so like I just thought that was a bad casting choice I don't recognize her at all
1: um oh, have has- I, have any of you guys seen Arrival
2: yeah she's the main she's character she's
1: leading Arrival movie. Arrival made me ugly cry Arrival is one of the best science fiction films to come out in the past decade and I don't think nearly enough people have seen it
4: yeah, um, yeah. I still haven't seen it. Oh, okay.
1: Oh. So
2: I I have seen Julia and Julia, where she plays Julie. That's a great movie.
1: Yes, yeah. That's a great film as well. Uh, she's also in Her. Have you either? Have any of y'all seen Her?
2: That's the Spike yeah. Jones movie.
1: Uh, Her. Yeah, yeah. No, is, yeah, it, is no that, that is Spike Jones. In,
2: where where he falls in love with his computer?
1: Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah, uh. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, yeah. Yeah. So his he falls. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix falls in love with with his AI, who is played by Scarlett Johansson. Uh, uh,
2: again, just like when we were talking about uh, Meet Joe Black, can you blame him?
1: <laughs> reasonable Brad Pitt, reasonable. Scar Scarjo
2: come on people.
1: I, I do love Scarjo's voice. Um, a, as a lady who is also like kind of an alto, I'm like uh, like if I were going to be an AI like Scarjo, it was kind of what I would aspire to. so <laughs> that's fair. Um, but... Well, I, I like Amy Adams. I've only seen, like, a handful of her movies, but I've enjoyed oh, all of them. Uh, yeah. she was also in American Hustle. But she's, um,
2: she's excellent. <clears throat> My point being is, is that, like, I wouldn't necessarily pick her, like, pick her as a casting choice. Tr- because, like, think of, think of, like, all of your, your big, I don't know, like, I, I don't know how to say it. Like, I guess comic book actors, like, the people playing in those roles, I just would find it weird to put household names in those roles. Like, they're usually taken up by people that you don't know that well and they kind of become those people you know like like that like iconically that that actor becomes that character because like if the actor is more popular than the character it's just awkward like it would be weird for me to see really mainstream actors in a star wars movie like imagine if i'm like imagine if, if bruce willis or nicholas cage was a jedi like it would just be strange like, like i just can't i'm like this is just nicholas cage and he is in a star wars movie he yeah. doesn't have another name.
3: Please, please, please. can you imagine I'm if Samuel L. Jackson Red was a Jedi?
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I will. Okay, that's that that's a really good point. Samuel L. Jackson is a Jedi, woman, I
1: think, was a bold <laughs> um, I say, yeah, no, no, no. I will watch Mace Window do all the things. All day.
2: yeah, he he worked out. Um, Sam Jackson is anyway, one of those really ubiquitous characters that I feel somehow works in every everywhere he goes. But yeah, it's also because for actors that have been in a lot of movies, there are them all here. And then there was Samuel L. Jackson, who was like double the next closest actor as far as the number of (laughs) movies you've acted in. Which is actually pretty true. He he is. Samuel
1: L. Jackson has, I mean, like, uh, like I know, Nathaniel, I know you were a big fan of Ghostwriter on PBS back in the day. Was he a Ghostwriter? Bro, he was Jamal's dad.
2: Oh my gosh, it's been years. I gotta dig that stuff up.
1: I literally just, I I remembered wanting to watch it as a kid. And I, cause my sister and I got like a couple of different PBS magazines growing up. She got the one that was for like preschool kids. And I got the one that was for like elementary school. And I remember reading like the Ghost Rider comics and stories they would have in the magazine. I was like, oh, this is so cool, but I could never catch it on TV. I don't know like what happened, but I got the DVDs from Netflix because I am one of the five people on earth that still gets DVDs from Netflix. And so I watched the first disc on Sunday and and, uh, Jamal's dad is played by Samuel L. Jackson. And like the the guest list they have in that show is insane for Ghostwriter because like you've got like all these like '90s sitcom actors that ha- are in like random guest star roles that are weird, and then you have Samuel L. Jackson who's like the main <laughs> character's dad, <laughs>
3: um,
1: which is completely insane to me. But like, uh... yeah,
2: he's he's in, he's isn't enough to where I feel like he could do. He could do what I'm saying, but I guess yeah. I guess Amy Adams was just like, in my opinion, she didn't work. I guess, um, but yeah. There well, was and opinion. I think a
1: lot of people were grumpy about her being a redhead, and and and, I, and like and, I, that like, makes in, no that sense to me when people stupid.
2: get mad about that. I'm like, guys, yeah,
1: I'm like, what? We <laughs> something different to be grumpy about. Like that has absolutely nothing to do with like her portrayal. People of get church. hung
2: up on the dumbest stuff.
1: Well, yeah, well, you know, in, you know, people were grumpy in Star Trek Discovery because in season two, Ethan Peck had a beard. And I'm like, yeah, oh, okay. I thought he looked great.
2: Not Spock, thought, I'm on board. I
1: got really excited about it because, like, if you look at pictures of Ryan, who's my husband, as, like, a little kid, he looks like a little baby Spock. And and I'm like, oh, honey bun, like, if you, if your mama had put pointy ears on you, you could have been Spock. And he's like, shut up. Uh, but then like you know a couple years ago for halloween we got him to dress up as spock and and he didn't have to shave his beard because Ethan Peck was spock you know with the beard on discovery so anyway
2: yeah I, I think i think man is still underperformed for me but i guess as kind of like a last thought here um just to kind of go off what i said about trailers one of my probably my favorite movie trailer ever is for the social network and that's a movie that when i initially watched i was like oh, okay like the trailer was amazing, and the movie was pretty good. But now it's like it's amongst my—I would put it my top five favorite movies. I think ever, uh, I could turn that movie on anytime and go back and watch. I think it's depiction of like your typical college campus and like I don't know, just like just the characters and how interested you are in them and how much the the, the drama is done really well. The music is done good. I mean, the music is extremely basic. There was a lot of controversy because they won an Academy Award that year, I believe, and he was pinned up against guys like Hans Zimmer. And again, like if you go and listen to the main theme of The, the Social Network, it's like two chords. It's like do, do 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 do, and it just repeats that the whole time. And like that, but it's very simple and well done. I just think overall the movie is incredible. The acting is good the trailer builds the right amount of hype, it, it like tells a good enough story to get you really sucked in to where it's like, I could just go and watch the trailer a bunch of times. I think it's that good, and I love that movie. And it's just, that's definitely been one of those that started out as kind of just like, okay, the trailer made me go and watch it, and then it was kind of just all right. And now I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Social Network.
1: Yeah, I mean, Social Network is, is, an, is just an interesting film because of how prominent a role social media plays in our our day-to-day lives yeah um, and and plus that that film has such a great cast with like Rooney Mara and Andrew Garfield
3: mm-hmm.
1: yeah I mean that's 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 a, that's a real I've only seen it once even um, Justin
2: Timberlake like plays a very annoying character Oh, really that's well.
1: yeah that's right he's the guy that founded Napster
2: yeah yeah he's uh <laughs> what's his name
1: um, I
2: forget his name, uh, Richard
1: sorry. Parker, or something. Sean Parker. Sean it. Parker. Yep, yep. Yeah. I say I could have told you his name. So I asked me. Yeah, but yeah. Well, so again, I am old enough to have experience. Well, no, the music. Okay,
2: LimeWire. Uh, anyone?
1: Oh uh, no, I see. I never <laughs> used any of those services. I remember my friends using like LimeWire and Napster and 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 things like that. But uh, okay, so the music for that film is by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. Um, oh, oh my gosh! Like I'm sorry. Have, have y'all haven't watched *Watchmen* yet? Have you?
2: i not the show. No.
1: The the 2019. No. Okay, so Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross did the music for that. They also did the music for um, *Soul* by Pixar that just mm-hmm. came out this past year. Which *Soul* is amazing. Oh, it's, if y'all it's great. *Soul* is. Oh yeah, fantastic. it's real good. Um, did they, you see the
2: hate Soul was getting? I was like, y'all did not watch the same movie. Uh, I'm I did. sorry,
1: no, those people are wrong. Yeah. Um, um And then they also did the music for another uh, film that's kind of a t- uh, came out about the same time as Soul, and I'm blanking on which one it is. Uh, but anyway, like, there, I need to now that I know that Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross have have done that, like, I need to go back and and listen to that score again. But just because the the musical choices they make are absolutely brilliant. Like, they're they're both geniuses. The way they use music in Watchmen is it is it is thematic and poignant without being, like, obtuse or really, like, like, the fact that I, like, I didn't notice what they did in social network is surprising to me, because I normally notice stuff like that. So, yeah, anyway.
2: there's actually also, like, <laughs> speaking of, we were talking about game stories, um, yeah. which also I'm, like, I would just want to do that, like, yesterday, just because I just finished The Last of Us 2, and, like, that game will, like, I'm exhausted. Like, I'm just... I'm just <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm,
1: I'm I, I've never played any of those games, but, like, the main thing I hear about them is, like, this is a wonderful story, but I am emotionally spent for, like, the next three months.
2: Yeah, like, there's <laughs> just... You could talk for... I mean, I could just talk about The Last of Us 1 and 2 for hours and, hours and hours. Like, I just need to decompress on that, and it's been, like, two weeks since I finished it, and I'm still... But anyways, the main girl in that, Ellie, is voice, the voice actress that does that does her, plays super small roles in a bunch of random movies, and she plays, like, a random college girl that, like, sleeps with Sean Parker in that movie, and so now when I watch it, I'm always like, oh, that's Ellie, like, I can tell by her voice, but she and she, like, she played... The random waitress at the very end of the first Avengers that was like, "Captain America saved my life." <laughs> oh yeah! <laughs> oh, yeah. That's her. You're as about. weird as it is, she plays like she plays like an extra in a bunch of big movies, and her voice is super distinct. It's really good. She does have a bigger role. I, you know, I might character. have a. Hang yeah, on, I actually from... think I actually think I have a, a clip of her on the soundboard. <laughs>
3: oh, sorry, here it is. <laughs>
2: No. <laughs> um, but she, she has a, a larger role in this weird, and this kind of bizarre movie that I watched a while back um, with some film friends of mine. Um, it, it was about, <clears throat> it's just about social media and how, it was about the internet, essentially. And it tells like three or four different stories simultaneously and they all kind of link up. And one is about a a guy who's like a like a webcam sex guy and then one is about a boy who kind of gets bullied cyber bullied at school and the other one is about a guy with a gambling problem online it's a really interesting movie actually she plays like a main reporter that's like trying to to like get a story from the kid from like the young boy uh, guy who does like the webcam sex stuff and so it's like her talking to him it's kind of a it, it, it's a low, like under the radar movie it's worth a watch if I could remember the name I'd give it so, out
4: but, which, which the actress actress
2: you're thinking about is Ashley Johnson <clears throat> yes yeah, so if you look up Ashley Johnson movies you can probably
4: find I'm trying to think of who else acts she, she's,
1: she's Gretchen on Recess
4: that's what I was about to say
1: yeah <laughs> um,
4: yeah I know her for, I watched a lot of Critical Role which is one of the big things that she's done
1: yeah she's done a lot of voice acting too she and I are the same age
2: yeah, she's, she does an amazing job in The Last of Us. The Last of Us is just a period. You guys just need to, I don't know, I, I would say mm-hmm. play it, but also like, I don't want you to break your heart. Like, it's... <laughs> it's
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I've heard it's a really, those are really wonderful games with, like, way beyond... The bar of storytelling yeah. that you would expect for a video game—that um,
2: bar is really low, though, and unfairly low in some cases. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I've heard, I've heard. Like, I mean, it's as it's as emotionally um, poignant and powerful as yeah. any film or television show. Yeah. So. As somebody
2: that does film and is very critical, I would put the first Last of Us up there with some of the greatest storytelling in cinema or anything, mm-hmm. and I mean that. Like, like I, I would. Like, I think I'm on a high of it right now, so I wouldn't say it's the <laughs> best just to be safe, but it's, it's right up there. Um, and the second one does a really good job telling stories. I think it told the wrong story, <laughs> um, but, it, but I can't critique it because it does such a good job. It's mainly just my personal, like, I didn't like the direction that story went at all, and I think there are a lot of valid reasons why that wasn't a good direction. But it was done in such a good way still that it was just it just sucked me in. You know, such a good job. So, mm-hmm. again, I'll, I'll leave that for a video game episode. Somebody change the topic quick. Uh, I, I We should probably wrap up. It's almost yeah, I midnight. Yeah,
3: I we
1: to be getting close. <laughs> <laughs> there, i, gotta, say, I um, say, Jason, I, I feel like we've, we've heard a lot from the three of us, a little less from you. Do you have any other uh, movies that you Fubus. either loved the first time or, and hated the second or vice versa?
4: Uh, movies, I'm coming up blank on. I, I can think of a couple TV shows, but I want to get into that tonight. That mm-hmm. so maybe okay. another, maybe another
2: okay, thing. Well, true. we didn't mention any TV shows. So TV shows that had to
4: grow on us. There
2: was definitely, I, again, we we talked about TV shows that kind of went down the uh, down the abyss of failure mm-hmm. and and garbage. But it would be, it might be interesting to look at shows where it was like the first time you watched it, it you know struggled to get through the first season, but now mm-hmm. you're in a fan. so yeah
1: well, I, I will say uh, just just very, very briefly, uh, one movie that I really enjoyed the first time I watched it um, and did not enjoy in latter viewings is my best friend's wedding.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, part of it, I think is um, the first time I watched my best friend's wedding, I was in high school and uh, high school actually very, very innocent. A lot of things in my best friend's wedding totally went over my head. Um, last year during the pandemic we did several virtual girl movie <laughs> nights and like maybe the second one we did we ended up watching my best friend's wedding and um I'm watching this and I'm like oh I missed that at age 16 <laughs> you know, and I'm now 34 and watching this movie and uh realizing oh I uh oh oh okay Got it. I really don't like this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and some of that I think might also play into the fact that uh, Julia Roberts is a very is very charming on screen. I don't I don't want to um, disparage her name unfairly, but I, I, from what I have read, she's not a super nice person in real life. So, I, maybe that's some of it. Um, there are also some really funny lines in that in that movie, like. she's opposite Cameron Diaz. Like, Cameron Diaz is the fiancé of her best friend, and she's trying to bust up their wedding. Also, I just really think that's a bad premise for a movie. Like, I'm sorry, you... Like, she's trying to do this real... Like, I understand that she thinks that she's in love with her her best guy friend, but she's trying to bust up their wedding. That's a... Dick move. Sorry, <laughs> like,
2: and the like, metaphorical <laughs> penis in the saxophone.
1: Yeah, they... <laughs> yeah. They, like, I mean, like, I'm sorry. No, that, like, there's no way you come off good in in that. Like, no, stop. Anyway, um, like Cameron, like Julia Roberts' uh, actual profession in the film is that she is a food critic. And Cameron Diaz, like, she has this confrontation with Cameron Diaz in, like, a, a, a bathroom at a baseball stadium um, that they're at. And she's like, you, you, food critic! And, like, all the <laughs> other women in the bathroom that are watching their blubber are like, <gasps> and, like, clutch their pearls. It's <laughs> hysterical, so now that's, like, if somebody's being a floozy, I'm like, that food critic?!
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: like, I mean, like it's dumb, but like that—that's—that's—it's that's kind of my go-to now. It's like, oh, that person's such a food critic. Um, anyway, but that—that that movie, like, other than that little moment, like, I—I I can't watch it and enjoy it at all now. Like, it's like, no, she's being a terrible person, and I can't root for her. And she, and like, even at the end of the movie, like, it seems like she doesn't like actually regret. Oh, I almost destroyed this wedding. And my friend was getting married to this really nice girl, and I was a jerk about it um, because my own—I was being selfish. Like, like she doesn't even like regret it that much. I'm like, no, like there's nothing redeeming to me about this movie. So,
3: mm-hmm.
1: best friends' wedding again. Things that like totally like there were some aspects of the film that I just totally missed. <laughs> like, oh. I didn't get the fact that they used to sleep together a lot. And, and, and like, again, because that totally went over my head in high school. Little Anderson Ashley missed that. Like, <laughs> and, and like now I'm like, oh, oh, no, no, this totally changes the tone for the movie. So, anyway, my best friend's wedding. That's one I, I, I just can't really enjoy anymore.
2: Fair. All right. So, we'll, we'll wrap up since it's almost midnight for us. Yeah. Uh, yeah I went later than usual. Um, but yeah so you know let us know if there's a movie that you liked at first and now you hate or that you hated at first and now you love because i i am curious because it, it is interesting to see you know oh i missed this on this on on the first time i watched it and now i get it so I'll, I'll just close with this my my mother initially did not like scott pilgrim like really disliked it to the point where she was like how do you guys enjoy this movie that wasn't you know, that was a terrible movie. That wasn't funny at all. But, of course, it's one of our favorite movies. So we would watch it over and over and over and over and over again. And eventually, at some point, after, like, the fifth or sixth time she'd watched it, uh, begrudgingly, she was like, you know what? I think I get it now. And so she's, not, she's, she's <laughs> on board the Scott Pilgrim train. So yeah. well, it goes out to you, Mama. Uh, but you can reach <laughs> us. Let us know uh, your, your thoughts, your opinions, even if they're wrong. Uh, dearly de- you can reach us, uh, Debated at gmail.com or send us a tweet at Debated. You can find me at Holy Golem. Ashley?
1: Alright, so you can hit me up on the tweets at The Nerdy Blogger. You can like my Facebook page at facebook.com slash The Nerdy Blogger. You can read my blog, nerdyblogging.wordpress.com. You can also find my work, um, my written words at com and popcultureretrorama.com. I also occasionally contribute to the Pop Culture Retrorama podcast in addition to... You know, hear it dearly debated. Jason?
2: Um, oh, Greg? All right. Yeah, yeah go ahead. One greg. of you go.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, you can find me on Facebook
2: at Chapter One Films. Um, this is Greg
1: we're talking about, not yeah, Jason.
2: This is Greg. Uh, one is spelled out, Oni. Uh, you can email me, Greg at Chapter One Films.biz. Check out my website, Chapter One Films.biz. Um, and on Instagram
4: at Chapter Underscore One Underscore Films. Yeah, and you can find me at. Um, dot com on my blog or on uh, at comic exile on twitter facebook uh, and you can email me at the comic exile at gmail.com all
2: right and uh we'll, we're gonna close out with uh, jason i have to show you the majesty of uh, the jijon and jameson laugh uh, chain so uh this is for you
3: <laughs> all right Ah. So oh, <laughs>
2: I love you, J. Jonah Jameson. All right, good night,
4: everybody. Bye. <laughs> good night. Good night. Good night